0: a very Streeter Twins-only episode of Fine Beats and Cheeses, the podcast where we're just brash young surgeons who need to be loved. (laughs) I am am Leslie Gray Streeter, Baltimore Banner columnist, journalist, author, uh, person who loves shows about brash young people, and uh, sometimes they turn out to be better than we thought they were going to be. My co-host is... I am Lynn Streeter-Childress. I'm a brash, not-so-young... I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Anyway, I do. I do theater for kids, and it's a good time. So, um, Leslie, today, what will we be talking about? Oh, oh, and also, as you may have noticed, we're introducing ourselves because we have no guest besides us today. It's a Streeter twins centric episode. Let the Streeter twins special shine its light on you. Thank you. Midnight special girl. It's a song. Stop. Okay. See, see, this is why they have guests. So they keep us reined in. So we don't just like wander into craziness. Cause I'm going to tell you the next, there's a reason that Lynn and I are not allowed to play um, things like um, taboo or any game together because we have all the same um, references for things. And we have this weird inside baseball twin talk and it's like cheating. We literally played, what was that? We were playing Pictionary, I think. And it was the beach boys. And one of us yelled uncle Andre. Cause we think our uncle Andre looks like a short uh, black Mike Love. And people were like, you know what? Y'all can't play together no more. So y'all might listen to this podcast and go no more for you all ever, but it's amusing. At no, more. Us. no more, no more, <laughs> no more, no oh, more. Phil Lord. Collins, Phil Collins reference. Thank and you. And our, our listener is going to be very sad. Whoever it is. <laughs> if you've started listening to listening to us recently, we hope this is not the last time you listen to us. Um, we'll we'll have an adult on next week uh, with <laughs> us, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, yeah. and it'll be better. Well, so Leslie Streeter, what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, Fox's uh, six season, maybe only six seasons. We'll find out later. 2018, at least to now, drama: The Resident. Hooray! Okay, so we were trying to figure out what to talk about today. And um the, the resident came to us. So again, so the point of this show, right, is something that people think is kind of cheesy. Maybe it is kind of cheesy, whatever you decide cheese is, and you know, whether or not we care or not, because we love it anyway. And so I have to say that the resident came one, like Leslie said, in 2018. Um Around the same time, if not the same season, or close to it as New Amsterdam, yes, which was another uh television show about a brash uh not as young but a brash uh person who comes doctor who comes to a hospital. And or is at a hospital and it's changing things because they care about their patients and the truth and everything so much. So what is interesting is, so we'll start with the resident. So the resident was about um, Conrad Hawkins, right? Yes. Yes. And he's hot and all the nurses want to sleep with him and he's just like... He's raised rich by a rich doctor, rich father, but he doesn't need that. He needs to come and slash the system because he knows better. And also, he was kind of an insubordinate jerk, but um, which often people on these shows are. You go, how did you ever get hired anywhere? And literally, the first season was him almost getting fired every week. I think it was every do, week, and they would go, "If Hawkins goes, I'm going." Whatever. But um, he was obviously very good at what he did but he was he had trouble he had a troubled relationship with his father he had an off and on again relationship with a nurse named nick who i will always refer to as revenge um because that's uh what i that's the actress anyway so the actress he, used to be on the show revenge yes yes so and we're black so we call everybody by their the name of their show right we don't know anybody's names we don't. And it's okay. Because if you walked so up and it was it who's on a show? Emily Van Camp is her name, but we call her Revenge. Right? Great so, actor. She's getting Marvel money now. She's amazing. Girl. She's getting all that Marvel money. We love her. But she, So, which just shocked me. When the show first came on, I was like, she had her own show. She was Revenge. She's like the girlfriend on a Fox show with starring the dude from, um. The dude from uh the good wife slash uh no, no, no the good wife uh the, the yeah, good, wife. good wife. Yes, the good wife slash Gilmore girls. That guy, it, revenge is his girlfriend. <laughs> How da- I was insulted. Everything about it was bad. It was all over the top. The um, the villains over the top. Every week somebody was like killing someone accidentally, getting drunk, doing something terrible, and it was all like, who do I root for? It was like a lot of like. Pointing at the screen going, what is this? And Lynn and myself and Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, Pul- Pulitzer Prize winning writer Liz um, uh, of the Palm Beach Post, uh, formerly the Miami Herald, used to refer to this as either the dumb show or the stupid show. And we, that was our shorthand. we go over, we go, did you watch the stupid show today? Because it was so cheesy and pulpy and like everybody spoke at like at 11 um, that it didn't seem real. And it seemed like an SNL <sighs> parody of a show about Brash Young Doctors. Right. It was very, the writing was very earnest. Earnest is the thing that we talk about on the show. Not your uncle Ernest, but E-A-R-N-E-S-T. Um, Being earnest, uh, it's something we talk a lot about in the show. Because sometimes earnestness and honesty and things not being, you know, cloaked in several layers of irony or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's considered to be cheesy because it's straightforward. And this show, you know, the writing, they'll say things like, um, well, you know, it's really hard to get prescriptions now because of the changes in the in the uh, <laughs> system in Georgia. And everyone goes, yes, like, that's exactly how we talk, right? But that's the thing about it is that it was a, it, it, that's the way it was written. It was like, this is what it's about. Here's the things that we stand for. We're saying that it's wrong, that people can't get prescriptions because of red tape and yada, 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 It didn't have to go through a bunch of, you know, like pretty words or whatever, because there was a gurney coming down the hallway. You didn't have time for all that. And so ugh, we called it, ugh, we called it dumb show. And in some ways, because even though we never really thought it was dumb, we, cause we kept watching it. But we called it that, and it was actually- No, I kind of thought it was dumb. I right. thought it was dumb, but I kept watching, A, because I love me a medical procedural, right? and B, because there was something about it. Maybe it was making fun of it. I don't know. Well, and I also think, too, so I I, I compare this to New Amsterdam um, at the time, because like I said, they were similar shows in that you had- uh, a younger, good-looking guy coming to try to change the system for one way, even though on New Amsterdam he was the head of the, of the hospital, so it was different than sort Cup of where Conrad was. But he was this the guy on New Amsterdam was fighting with the board. But New Amsterdam seemed like a, quote, better, unquote, show. Like, it seemed, like, better written. It seemed... um not as broadly written, let's say that way, not better, but not yes. as broadly written. And it seemed like the quote to me, and I could be wrong, sort of the higher pedigree of the two. But what has been interesting is that in the ensuing years, and when is that um, New Amsterdam lost me um, because of reasons. pretty much because of the way they treated their main female lead. Uh, But that's a whole nother conversation. But what's interesting, so the reason that we picked The Resident is because over time, to us, The Resident has become a better show. It has. And because it, I think, has really allowed its characters. I'm sorry. We're recording this at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So if you hear us clearing our throats, it's because it's 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. It's not that we did anything exciting on on a saturday night like literally my husband and I watched um uh monk and we watched the latest grand crew which is my new favorite show um it, but my my son and I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and he clapped at the end and that to me is the best thing that's ever happened. He wants Rikes. to watch uh, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade today. I'm going to warn him Temple of Doom eh um, I, but we have to do it to get to the last crusade or do we, I don't know, but he wants to see, I don't think you do. We, we will, we will never watch last crusade. I mean, we temple of doom. I mean, with my child, I don't know, it, but, but, but yay, Oscar winner, uh, Kehi Kwan, but Kwan. anyway, the thing about the the resident, like I said, is that when it first started, Lynn had used the exact right word, which is broad. It's that it was every stereotype, the rash young genius who can't get along with people, it's like top Gun, you know, and he knows too much. and the long the one suffering woman who if he'll just focus on her whole lover and the the to me the the show, and it literally, his last name is Bell. The bellwether of the show's quality is a character named Randolph Bell, um, who is played by Bruce Greenwood, who has been fine his whole life, whole life, now, whole entire <clears throat> life, and he got his start playing a doctor on St. Elsewhere, uh, and he's been all over the place. He was also really wonderful Captain Pike in the um, most recent Star Trek um, reboot uh, movies, but. Um, he played this guy Randolph Bell who when he started was basically just a monster for no reason he was this guy who had been a, a he was the a, a head of the hospital top surgeon he was basically he would have sold his own grandmother uh, to make money he was willing to make deals with shady people he was doing drugs he was like terrible just terrible he would basically they go well this will cost so-and-so his own career he'd be like and what of it I mean, he would well and the other thing about bell too just sort of the same level as his business dealings is that he um they called him ho dad (laughs) um but was it something hands of death and destruction hands of death and destruction right because he had a lot of malpractice things and and actually people knew that he had killed people in the operating room but nobody talked about it because they covered for him because they kind of had to and so he was definitely the heavy but what's happened over the six seasons is that he's now a hero on the show and he is someone who has been allowed to have growth um they've they've sort of repositioned him as kind of like a like a dad figure and a mentor but they haven't forgotten because so well what happened is in this last season right the, the beginning yes. of this past season he makes a an enemy of the newest governor of, of Georgia. Georgia on the show and his whole whole dad hands of death and destruction reputation comes back because now because he's challenged this governor he wants to find everything he can on him and that comes back so it was actually really great that the show didn't pretend that that era never happened it's that he's allowed to be a complicated character and when you talk about eras i think you have to understand that the show was on for six seasons but the the Action in the show is over eleven seasons because there's a five year jump. <gasps> yes, and here is a thing that most shows I've never seen this done successfully, honestly, and I was shocked that if any show did it, this show did it well. Um, the character Nick, I uh, was played by Emily, Emily Van Camp, was amazing. Um, marries Conrad, and they have a daughter, and she dies. It's weird because the same thing happened on new Amsterdam was almost like they were the same show that the, the character uh, and there was a time jump there too. What a weird thing. Anyway. So I hadn't even thought about that. So uh, Emily van camp, a successful actress getting that Marvel money was basically didn't want to keep, she was a new mom and she was commuting between uh, Georgia where the film, the show was filmed in LA and was missing her family and didn't want to do it anymore. So they, Is it really filmed in Georgia? It is. That's great. Okay. It is. So she, the made in Georgia thing at the end. I think Tyler Perry has something to do with it. I don't know. I could be making that up. Anyway, so uh, I'm I gonna probably don't But Tyler Perry has something to do with everything. So she uh, she left the show. And I don't know if you guys know this. I'm widowed. So I always go, oh, no, Lynn Widow. Um, because anytime they use it, have it on Millionaire Amsterdam, too. I'm like, are we just widowing people for a plot point? Because I'm telling you, it's not a fun plot point. Not the fun not a fun thing that happens in your life. It's like, oh, we'll just kill off somebody's partner. That's a what fun way to change something. No, it's terrible. But No, and um, I don't think he has anything to do with the resident Leslie. Okay, fine. I made that up. So anyway, um <laughs> I will say one of the things about The Resident, maybe I thought that because A, it's filmed in Georgia and Tyler Perry owns most of Georgia, as we know. Also, at least many of the sound stages and stuff, but also because Mm. the show had, for a show set in Georgia, as it should, a lot of black people on it. And it had more black regulars. There was a time in which both uh, Morris Chestnut and Malcolm Jamal Warner were leads and normally on a show like that there would be one black doctor it's kind of like on the new girl when there were two black guys because one left and one came back and they didn't get rid of the one that was still there they they got both got to stay winston and coach both got to stay which is shocking and in 2023 that we're still shocked that you can have that many black people but the show's set in atlanta so it makes sense that there would be a significant amount of black professionals on the show so um and not just professionals, black professionals who are at the top of their game. Who at the top are... of their game, <clears throat> right? And, yes. And they and, and the show started <clears throat> with because Michael John Warner was not on the first season, right? He was not. Um, he was not. The, there was a so when the show started, it was Conrad again, young and brash. Um, Nick Nevin, who was his at that point off ex-girlfriend. again ex girlfriend, who was a nurse practitioner. Um, uh, Mina Okafor, who was this amazing, she was kind of like female Conrad, right? Or maybe he was male, she was, he was male, male her, Mina. Yeah. Um, young, brash, very, very, very good at everything that she did. Um, and uh, oh, so uh. Devin uh so there was a character who was a uh intern who was assigned to Conrad and he was basically kind of like a sort of by the book tell me if I have this right Leslie sort of by the book he was very um Sort of just bright eyed and bushy tail, but very sort of dismayed at the things that he saw Conrad do.
1: And he killed someone,
0: uh, he killed someone his very first day, right? Um, and he saw, um, and sorry to that fictional character that he killed, um, (laughs) but sorry, but he saw Conrad do a lot of things that were fudging things that were, um by the book, but for, for the best interest of his patient. And so there was this whole thing of, at one point they were kind of like at, uh, they weren't getting along because it was kind of like, you're against the book and you're a renegade and blah, 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 blah. The word is out. The gig is up. They finally found me. I will always, as Lynn knows, find a way to put some sort of classic rock lyrics into something that was renegade by Sticks. Thank you. Thank you. The resident um, who had it made. Da, 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 <laughs> da, da, da. Okay, I'm done now. I'm sorry. We should do. We we have to do sticks at some point. Oh yes, that that's going to happen. It, it's going to happen. Um. Anyway, so we're sailing away back I'm, to the point. Did you say sailing? I'm sailing away. Thank you, Cartman. Boom! 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 And I don't even like South Park. And that to me, every time I hear Cartman singing that, I just. I... <laughs> our our only listener is like, you know what? I don't need this in my life. And are you still there? Is this thing on? Yeah. I don't my need mother, this. My mother always um, does the voice you ever on hold for something. And they go, are you still there? Like, the the, the recording will say, are you still there? Like, have you hung up? Have you gotten tired of our making Uh, you wait 20 minutes to talk to a customer service person? So my my mother, if you're talking to her and, like, something happens to the phone or whatever, our mother, she'll say, are you still there? (laughs) Because she's hilarious. Our mother, who we've had on the show and we need to have back on, our mother and our stepfather. We had an earlier show talking about Murder, She Wrote, which is actually currently unavailable. But we'll be back. We're fixing some things, but it will be back. Anyway. And by the uh, way, complete tangent, I want to say, when you, every time you say Murder, She Wrote, I think, Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. Which is funny, because I it takes me back to the Ross, Are You There, God Is Me, Ross Trent uh, sketch from SNL, and the fact that that character was so deluded that he literally thought that Murder, She Wrote in reggae was a reference to Angela Lansbury, because he didn't <laughs> understand. Are you there, God? it's me yes it, it's basically, a whole other thing it's about be a wannabe rasta guy who's a white dude who goes to college who decides to piss off his parents and have an excuse for smoking weed all day that he's going to be rasta and so he's just like rattle, rattling off things that are jamaican cool runnings your yeah, dvd and he, of cool runnings and he toils part-time at Jacobstone creamery it's, and the best part is what it's so words so Andy Sandberg is pretty brilliant when the characters go basically he's like he's not washing his hair, he's dreading his hair, he's making his parents mad, and he walk he's singing this out loud and he walks past a bunch of black guys and he gets really quiet. Actual rosters. Actual rosters. He gets really quiet because he knows that he's full of it. And so that's that self awareness. And then he starts again is something that it, it's just very brilliant. Anyway, it's all of the thing. Say, so let's go the the resident. Yeah, and we... I was I I was was trying to get back to it in some, like, kind of meaningful way, and you've ruined it for me, and I think we have to go now. No, I'm joking. Anyway, so the best part of this show, <laughs> beso- yes, besides the diversity and besides the fact, it's that they actually, like, New Amsterdam, Lynn talked about, if we can compare, we already keep mentioning it, is that that show once again had a diverse cast it was you know set in new york had a pretty good idea of you know the Do Amsterdam was was based on the oldest hospital in new york and it was this guy max who was brought in to say we don't need to be big business anymore we're gonna just be how can i help he was kind of like the nicer version of conrad this he was married his wife was pregnant, conrad was with power bit- conrad with power that was the difference yes. too and he was he was about feelings, and he was about, no, 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 listen to your patients. And he would promise crazy things like, we're just going to, like, what do we need? We need 100 beds for babies. All right, we got 100 beds for babies. There we go. We're going to these beds for babies. And then, so the, the bad guys, at least initially, were like the board and stuff, because they were like... um where are we going to get this? They were like, no, we just want to like, you know, use these beds for rich people and they can like get their manicures and stuff, you know, and they get pedicures in a hospital if it's whatever. And he was like, no, but the, the, the homeless babies. And they were like, no, no, the Shaw, whatever. They were just making things up, but it was all about this juxtaposition between this guy who, who had power, who they kept every day, seemed to regret that they had given him any power. And he was always you know, going to lose his job soon. That was, he and Conrad had that in common, always going to lose their job. But Conrad had no real power. Comrade's power was that that he was such a good resident, they really couldn't get rid of him, Um, though though they tried. Um, I think the difference between the shows is that not only you had this, um, you know, thing about power, but also you had... A show like New Amsterdam that started as a character study, that each person was very complicated, and then they would think they became cliches because they didn't know what to do with them. And I think that on The Resident, you had these characters that started as cliches that became real people because you got to know them. Like for instance, yes. Malcolm Malcolm Jamal that's a Warner's character, Jamal- thank you. Malcolm Jamal Warner's character, who was this brash young guy, he talked about himself in the third person. Called the, the Raptor. Raptor, yes, and he was an adopted child who loved his his adopted parents, but found out that his birth parents had given him up for adoption, but had kept his other two brothers. And right. he, as a person who had been incredibly, I don't, I don't need anyone. I'm just doing this thing, and he falls in love with Mina because she's just they're basically they're. they're a mirror of each other. Um, The two of them are kind of circling each other, both professionally and personally. And he's a person who is not vulnerable easily because you find out that he has reason to not be vulnerable because he's never sure where he stands. And so he has to make up for that by being the best and letting everybody know that that's the case. And Malcolm DeVille Warner also is a really good actor. Bruce Bruce Greenwood (laughs) is a really good actor. So Bruce Greenwood was able to make this formerly incredibly snidely whiplash with a Doctor's Coat character Mm -hmm. um, a real person. It's not just because he falls in love with Jane Lee's character, who also really, really great – But and they're also sort of like competitive in terms of they're both like she was the good person and he was the bad person and they fall in love. But it was more like everything happens like you find out that he had been married like 87 times, but one of his ex-wives had a son that he had kind of like scuttled his relationship with him around the time that that. Marriage broke up, and so he, of course, is a brash young. Everyone's brash young doctor, but he's brash in a good way. He's a doctor too, but he doesn't like uh, Bruce Greenwood's character, and because he felt like he abandoned him, right? But he didn't realize because it was the mother had told him to stay away, right? Yeah, it wasn't that he wanted to. Exactly, and so of course they he get the guy gets married and they they adopt this little girl who comes to the hospital. It becomes a whole thing. So the show thought, how can we make it? I talk go back to the time jump. The time jump, I think, trusted the the viewers to say five years of things have happened in these characters' lives that you didn't see. But if you trust us, we're going to tell you how these characters and- grew. And talk about the time jump again. So the time jump happened after. So Nick and, like Leslie said earlier, Nick and Conrad have gotten married. They've had a baby. Nick dies in a car accident. Um, they, Conrad is of is of course distraught. And I don't even know how long the show stayed in that timeline for a few episodes after yes, she, after she, passes she died. away. And then and she the, don't, oh, I would you. I I'll say about Nick is that. Once again, the show got better with writing. Even before the time jump, Emily Van Camp's character is is really sad. I uh, had a sister who was a drug addict, who Nick was like the stable one. And she basically, it turns out that in her relationships and her family, Nick was a stable one. Her father, played by the incredible Corbin Burnson, So good. Uh, was just, who just is a character study in... He's a, a study in emotion. That I mean, when he started like forty something, oh, I'm so old, man. We're so old, almost forty years ago on L.A. Law. How are we this old? Um, Who was uh, Arnie Becker, who was like a hoe and a a really good lawyer, but also just almost not a really great person, and had his long suffering uh, secretary uh, Roxanne, who was in love with him, with the whole thing. So, jump to this show where he's a dad and he's. Incredibly um charming, not real stable. he's the kind of guy that tends to like stay around for a couple of i would say episodes for a couple of uh crises and then leave and then show back up and then leave and then show back up so one of the it's consistent with how people like that happen when the time jump happens um you realize that Gigi who is their daughter hasn't even seen her her does has no memory of her grandfather because he had lost his one daughter then he loses Nick who was like the touchstone of the family and he kind of disappears for another several years so when he winds back up in the hospital he's dying um he's like I didn't want to live anymore and the little girl who is just that little actress was so great she's fantastic um, and a real actor, not just like, here's a cute kid. We should like have her on here. She's a real little actress. I- I'm sorry. I shouldn't say real actress. That sounds really, um, I, I sound like I'm being condescending to the little girl and I- I'm very sorry, but what I like the most about the show, like I said, is that it realized, okay, you're watching the show. It's hot young people. Maybe we should actually make the show better, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe we should actually have a real, um, a real set of characters and give you something to root for. It's not just types, you know? Right. So the show jumps five years and in that five years, you and you realize it because then you see Gigi, who's the daughter of Conrad and Nick is now like five. Right. And what's so interesting is that not only has it given a chance for her to grow up and for other things to happen, it's also given the formerly really young in their career characters five years to now be established. So now um, Devin is now um, running uh, hospital trials and such. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Leela um, who uh, is a young doctor who came in so talented found out that she had a learning disability Mm -mm. that she was trying to cover. She was the first one there every morning because she had to sort of learn the routine and Mm -mm. give herself time to figure out because she um, was dyslexic. Right. Um, Mm -mm. Had to figure stuff out. And she has a twin sister, actual twins, actual twin actresses. Uh, Are they twins? They are. Okay. Or at least sisters. Right. Uh, I thought someone said they weren't twins, but anyway, yes. Um, who, um, what one of the things? Oh, she has a twin sister who has a sort of a casual relationship with the raptor, uh, but then they decide to have uh children together <clears throat> through a uh, sperm donorship and now have twins. The thing identical, about, I, identical twins, by the way, they are identical twins. Okay, Anusha and Anisha Joshi. Okay. The thing about this show that has, in my opinion, made it a great show is that, number one, it's brought on characters who didn't start the first season over the year, over the years who they've allowed to become fully developed characters. Malcolm DeWall Waters' character, was not on the first season, and he's had an amazing character arc, the same with Leela, the same with uh, Jane Leaves character, um, Jane Leaves from Formelia Um They're calling again. Thank you. Um, we need to do a show of just me singing uh, shows. Let's do that. Also, there's a character named Jessica who is. Yes. A side character her name is uh, she, the character's name is Jessica Moore. She um is played by a character uh, actress named Jessica Mazel, and Jessica is like all these shows. If you we grew up watching shows, there's always like a nurse or two. Like I remember back in math, like Nurse Amy, you know, who does you know who she is. She's there every week, but she doesn't really have a lot of a lot to do or say. And Jessica is a character who is a, a plus sized uh character who gets to be a romantic partner who uh, falls in love with one of the doctors and she's also um, Dr. Bell's right hand. And when something bad happens to her, he is moved to do something mostly because he loves Jessica so much and she's like the heart of the hospital. And it's once again for a show that was broad strokes like the plus size woman, the black girl, the Indian girl, whatever. It just became a really like deep character study which is something if you had asked me six years ago is the resident gonna you know become a deep character study i would say do you even know what those words mean what is english um but it just it it has just become because and also because i think that hospitals are good for shows like this same thing with like um police precincts because they are enclosed so even though they go out and Mm -hmm. do stuff firehouses You have your people, you have your structure. These are the people that we're focusing on. And the side characters often, to me, when they start bringing, it's like the Cousin Oliver effect, when they start bringing on all these different people, they, what about this? What about this? And the fact that this show comfortably has had people's fathers and cousins, literally, and and nephews and- and 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 Ex-husbands. Ex-husbands, long lost children they gave up for adoption um, come in and out. Um, the show has dealt with things like um, sexual abuse, addiction. Uh, the in the last two seasons, Andrew McCarthy, who we will always call Blaine because that's just what his name is, because we're black. What about um, prom, Blaine? He's what about prom and um, Pretty in Pink? Sorry, if he, you don't get the reference. He comes in. He comes in, and I'm going to say probably my only negative thing about a character, but um, that that <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy comes in as this once again he was probably a brash young surgeon cause he was still a brash. young oh, yeah. Surgeon. Um, who comes in. He's a pediatric he, surgeon. Yes. Pediatric surgeon. A, another guy who I think tends to talk about himself somewhat in the third person. Um, who turns out to also be um, addicted to painkillers. And um, it's also the kind of person that, now I think we all know these people, who have per- incredible personal failings, but use the fact that you're scared of them to back you off, and they're able to get away with things because you think that they could fire you at any moment. Um, but they're And he's also very, char- I mean, he didn't really have any power within the hospital to, like, fire anybody. No, but, but power, like... He could make he could you look bad. He could get you fired, right. He could get you <laughs> fired. He could make you look bad. And he was just a guy that, he was he, Dr. Ian Sullivan. He Everyone knew who he was. His daughter, Cade, um, who I, once again, I, I don't know anything about the actress. Her name is Kaylee Ronan. I'm sure she's a great person. The character was written so boringly. It's like they came in, basically, I thought she came in to be a cog in the burgeoning relationship between Conrad and his late wife's best friend, who's also a doctor. And so when she comes in and they go, they're together now. And I'm like, and? It just, it there was no chemistry to me. There was nothing. But Andrew McCarthy, who I think could have chemistry with like my ring light because he's just that guy. Um, and also because if you're our age and, and you're, if you're late 40s, early 50s, like we are in our early 50s, He's just a reliable guy. It's like, I, Michael Jamal Warner came in and I went, okay, I feel, I don't know where this character is going, but I feel comfortable with it because he's a known quantity to me. I think so many of the people on the show, particularly in the first season, were known quantities. Where you went, the first and second seasons where you go, oh, I know that's a well-known actor. So that person is going to, I'm, I trust this is going somewhere, maybe <laughs> somewhere. So... Uh Sullivan Dr. Ian Sullivan comes in and he basically is kind of what Dr. Bell was in the first seasons, which he's this guy. I mean, he's once again he doesn't have that kind of power, but he's a guy who's clearly self-interested, mostly because he's trying to protect pe- protect his addiction. Um right. and he and he like Bell mm-hmm. has issues in the um in the uh operating room. Uh Bell is he has is it MS? Yes. And so he has a degenerative disease and you see his hand shaking. And so yeah, Bell, the first couple of seasons, it's like, who's he going to threaten to get fired this time? Cause some nurse will go, is your hand shaking? No, it's not. (laughs) I saw Dr. Bell's hand shaking. I'll get you fired. You know, it was, wasn't that like 87 episodes Lynn of like, who is going to finally tell someone that Dr. Bell's hand is shaking. Um, And Andrew, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, too, the thing about Dr. Bell at first is that, and, and I think the show has done really well with this, is that it never, I don't know how to say this. I, I feel like the show has done a great job in not saying that you can't have a career. Or do things if you have a degenerative disease. Yes. Because at first you don't know. It's not that he was bad because of the disease. He just wasn't a very nice person. No. But it's actually. He did kill people though. No, no, that's, no, that's true. But at first you didn't (laughs) know why though. You didn't know why until he was diagnosed. It was like, right? It, It was more, it seemed, I don't know, to be more of like part of his. Um, what's the word? His personality is just not a very nice person. But then you realize that he has an actual thing, and there is something that he needs to get taken care of, and he's hiding it. And it and the show was like, you shouldn't hide. Number one, you shouldn't hide the things that are happening with you because they're killing people. But also, <laughs> it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something that you actually—it's not a moral failing to have a well, degenerative disease. You well now, now it's, it's,
1: well, not to it's have not a, a disease.
0: That's no, what it's I It's not mean. a more. it's not a moral failing, but it is something that can get you uh not insured as a surgeon. It oh, is no, something- absolutely and no, that yes, you he couldn't do everything that he could do before, but I'm saying in terms of like it, it really dealt with what it what it would happen, what would what it would mean for someone on his level yes. professionally to admit that he has something that he couldn't handle. Well, it's himself. also because, and I think we can all, I mean, obviously Dr. Bill's character is older than us, but I think when you were young, part of it, when I was joking in the beginning about you, brash, young, whatever, but youth is so much thought of, not just as a thing where you have all your energy and stamina and your flexibility and dexterity and your fingers, but that youth is like its own personality. And that as you yeah. get older, you know, and as you get older, you adjust who you are. So for someone like, and I'm, I can't believe I'm getting this deep with the show, but Someone like uh, Dr. Bell, who's a good-looking man, who is you, you understand has had a career who probably started being renowned at renowned at, when he was younger. And both he and Dr. Sullivan also are played by actors who we have known in the entertainment world since they were young men and very handsome. And so you'll see sometimes photos, look, this is you in 1997 or whatever, and it's photos of, you know, ve- we know what they look like because we grew up watching these people. So. It was something to me about aging in the show, about the fact that not only was Dr. Bell admitting that he wasn't the surgeon he used to be, he's not the man he used to be. And he's watching, I think that part of the even if you don't think about it, part of any conflict in these shows, whatever these shows are, is the young and the new because the old the older used to be the young, and now they're afraid of being replaced. Um, there's a, a part of St. Elmo's Fire, a movie that Andrew McCarthy was in, where at the end of the movie, there's this bar they used to hang out with, they hang out at, and someone says, do you want to go there? And they go, nah, let's, it's just mostly kids now, because they've realized that their place, in that place, <clears throat> was no longer necessary. They weren't, they, they didn't need to be there anymore. And I think it's hard to, so when someone like Dr. Bell is looking at someone like comrade at first it's i think that the show the show's humanity once again a thing i never thought that i would refer to for the show the show's humanity to me is that he's looking and saying this guy was me and now now i'm the elder statesman and now so if i can't be in the emergency room if i can't be in the um in the operating room anymore who am i if i can't be the person who is the face of this thing who am i and once again, the show's writing was shockingly um for a show that usually has like four or five three or four at least three or four different cases happening and everything's happened at this hospital like you know like attacks like at one point somebody took the it, the power over with ransomware and just like people were dying <laughs> which which and- happened also on New Amsterdam right at the same time there were that that ransomware thing happened on several shows. Around the same time, I believe. Yes. Right? I don't think I yeah. made it up. Um, no, it's true. Um, and it makes sense that some of these things were happening on several shows because some of these things were happening in the real world, right? So there was a case on this show where they did this and a case on that show where they did that. Uh, absolutely. And also, I think that there's only so many things that sort of happen. And if you have all these shows, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like, I think I don't know if Grey's Anatomy ever had a thing like that too. But I think, I think this show, the resident used to get compared to Grey's Anatomy and that it was about, you know, young up and coming people and they were all hot and, you know, possibly sleeping together. But, you know, I think that I'm going to say a sentence, Lynn, and you're going to like, what this show is better than Grey's Anatomy now? Um, I think it, it, th- there is Agreed. a rumor this is this might be the last season it has not been canceled but I read a story in Deadline just a little bit ago that said that it was likely that it was the last season and the last episode did feel like a finale that you know Conrad finally admitted that he was in love with um his uh late wife's best friend and it seemed like everybody Billy yeah Billy and everyone's getting she's their amazing lives together and it, and it made a lot of sense. And it would be okay to me because, first of all, with New Amsterdam's last episode was terrible. Didn't even the watch la- it. The last season was terrible. I didn't Basically, watch the last season. Let, let's talk about it, okay, while we're talking about it. Here's the, well, here the difference between... Can I finish? Oh, okay. Sorry. I just want to make that, sure... No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, no, the- I would say this about these conversations between Leslie and I. I know, and she's looking at me incredibly. And I will say this, is that We have the same thought pattern a lot of times, and we just want to make sure that we come back to the other thing that we were going to talk about. So go ahead. Okay, but I was like mid-sentence. I was saying the thing about... Cut this, Sam. Ha! Oh, jeez. The thing about these shows, if you compare them, is that one of them took a which is not, it may have been canceled, but it, it had not been canceled during this season and thought, okay, we're looking down the barrel of this. How do we tell the story? And the other show said we've had conflicts with um, whether or not people want to be on the show and actors and stuff, so we're just going to wrap it up for no reason. And, I mean, well, cause it ha- we have to wrap it up because it got, their series order got canceled, got cut in half, and they said you have one season to wrap this up, and you get half the episodes that you had previously let's wrap this up so um, that was New Amsterdam unfortunately there had been a really great Max who was the main character who was widowed raised a little girl just like Conrad, fell in love with Dr. Helen um, who was uh, played by I'm going to get her I'm going to pronounce her last name um, incorrectly Uh, but her first Freema Ajiman? Ajiman? I'm not sure. Anyway. We'll she's find Brit- it out. We'll figure it out. She's a British she's actress. She's amazing. And she's amazing. So Dr. Helen, when the first photo first started, part, she was part of the problem Is that she was like the face of the hospital. She was never actually in the hospital because she was always on TV and she was like, almost like the glorified mascot because she wasn't actually doing patient work and he made her want to come back and actually work with patients and they fell in love. They fall in love. It's really great. However, so many things happen on the show where like they had her like go back to England and they had this really, I think some really great storylines about what it means to be an immigrant and what it means to be, um, she was a black woman um who was british whose mother was nigerian who um was raised in england whose father was uh middle eastern who had yes. left the fam- who had left the family and there had been this whole like thing where her mother's like never mentioned that man's name so she had once again sort of like uh the Rafter had a lot going on in her life but she and max in their brashness and they're real being really good people and they're committed to the truth fall in love and she becomes like the only mother his daughter Luna has ever known and then for reasons that make no sense they have her not come to their wedding and that to me that character never would have left that child hanging even if she left the father that father that woman that character never would have just said I blow all of you off including this child who has become like my child and when that happened I thought this show is garbage. Um, because first of all, I'm very sensitive. Both of us, Lynn and I, are very sensitive as black women, particularly black women in who are, well, Lynn's in entertainment. I'm entertainment adjacent. Um, yeah. and you see what it is that, <clears throat> how it is that black women are portrayed. And so I like the fact that you, cause you, you have to have a mix of, you don't want these characters, the black characters, to always be saints and not be, um, not be complex, but at the end of the day, you don't want them to to do stupid things all the time either. So when you have this character who was not only a really good doctor, but a really good person and who understood the, the part that she played in this girl's life. And maybe it's because I too have a little one whose father died when he was very young, who does not remember him. It's very sad. And if anyone else came into my life, I would not let anyone into my life. who would not take that seriously, right. and I took it very personally. I took it, and I took that personally. Michael Jordan Giff, the last dance. Um, I, I took it very personally, and so the show didn't really have. It felt like a betrayal for those of us who watched the show, who invested in this. Not just in the two of them, as we're talking about a different show now, but it is it you know connects to the other show in that it didn't do that well. It didn't do that well. It didn't. Even though on The Resident, Billy is biracial. So that character's also in love with a woman of color. And they did that right. They did it right. They understood that there was a difference between the way that Gigi, the little girl, she loved, she thought of her as her aunt because she knew that she had been her mother's best friend. And that when they was like, hey, I'm not dating Kate anymore, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) next well she always there was an episode where someone asks uh Gigi's character the little girl on the resident what she thinks about her dad's current girlfriend and literally she was kind of like she yeah, i ate. you know she's like, eh. <laughs> like because there wasn't the connection and she kind of saw it there um too but yeah it's Again, it's really funny that Leslie and I are having this conversation about the resident because, like it's like we said, when it first came on, it was all, here I am saving the world and, again, very broad, and we didn't think there was nuance, but over the six years, it's become kind of very nuanced, and one of the things and we kind of alluded to it earlier, one of the things that I think is a strength for it is the way it allows older actors and older characters yes. to shine. Yes. That it that you have sexy people in their 60s sexy. who are um, not just foils for the younger characters, but they have their own lives and they have their own storylines and they talk about what it means to get older and and I know Grey's Anatomy has done that too right but but I can say specifically for the resident where it shows what it means when you have stepkids and when you mm-hmm. have um things that didn't work out with your former marriages or you're getting older and you're and you things aren't working as well as they used to, or characters like we talked about uh Dr Sullivan Andrew McCarthy's character, one of the reasons why it was such a um a hardship for him to admit that he had an addiction is because he was older because he mm-hmm. has had a long career of being this person at the top of his game um, because he was beloved. People asked for him to come because be- he was, because he worked with kids and he was very exactly. good with kids. Exactly. He had a very good demeanor with kids. Um, and I love, that's one of the exciting things for me about that show about the resident is that they allow these older characters to have full lives and not mm-hmm. just be the grandparent, the mentor, they have that too, but they have their own lives and their own storylines and they're allowed to do that. It's really fantastic. You were talking about um, the difference between a show like this and a show like Grace. Again, Grace has been on twice as long, almost three times as long, right? Um, Right? This has been on for six seasons. Grace literally has been on for like 18, 19 seasons. So it's really been on three times as long. So you've had more time for characters and actors because surprise characters are played by actual actors who are humans with their own lives and contracts and careers Mm -hmm. and such which is why a lot of times things happen on shows with characters because the actual humans that played them have left the show for one reason or another and they've had to um explain why that person isn't here anymore because the actual human actor left. Um, And that's harder to do when a show is on for, you know, 18, 19 seasons like Grey's Mm -hmm. Anatomy. Um, But the thing about, again, The Resident, it has older characters. It has really done a great job of integrating um, newer characters into the show. Cause again, I had to stop and think, the Raptors character, the Raptor, who's Malcolm Warner's character, wasn't on the first season. No. You've had major characters leave, like Nick. You had Morris Chestnut, Morris Chestnut's character, who was on for a few seasons. He was on just as a guest, and then he was a a regular for at least a season. Yeah, and Um, he was another, they're all brash, you know, all brash young doctors who comes in, and he's a jerk, and so he one of the things I like the most about the show, once again, if you have diverse casts, they just get to be... Yes, they were both Black doctors, but they were also jerks. And you had to feel like, which who is going to be the better person? Is that clearly the Raptor was a better person. And Morris Chestnut's character was this guy who had come in, um, once again, highly touted. Everybody wanted him. He came to that hospital and he was being backed by this big company. There was a big company that... Because uh, Chastain the hospital was always in danger of, of, of losing its funding and closing. So that season, those two seasons that he was on, the season that he was a guest and the season that he was a regular, he came in as part of this company that was supposed to be buying, taking oh, yeah. over the hospital. And so they said, if you want our money, you're going to take this guy. This guy's going to be your guy. So he comes in and he talks like this a lot. And he's like, he's very, <laughs> you know, and he was very, um, he was a, just not not a nice person, and so anything he wanted to do was about, like, it was technology forward, but in a, we're going to uh, take this uh, technology that has nothing to do in this context. We're going to do it because this is what our money people want. They think it's neat and it's new and it's wonderful and we're going to do this. And they would go, but this has nothing to do with our patients. They would go, we don't care. You, Morris Chestnut there. Go ahead, best man. Do some things. So he came in. And so it was the Raptor whose talent was with, you know, it's like, I am very talented, but will I get to know the people? Because the first couple times that you see the Raptor, he doesn't really want to know a lot about the people. Nope. He's like, the, he's there to be brilliant with his hands. He's not going to get involved. He's not going to talk to people. He's not going to be your friend. He's going to be here being the best. And, you know, he's like, he's like Batman as a doctor, basically. He's like closed off, you know. <laughs> because he doesn't want to be hurt, you know. None of them want to be hurt. Don't hurt me. Cruel world. So uh Morchees's character comes in and he's that way too, but he really is a bad person. And so at one point he is something bad happens to him and he can't use his hands. And uh-huh. there's this whole couple episode arc about is he going to tell anyone how bad it is? There's also was this a guy that was from the company. Remember that guy? He was from the, like his like right hand. He was like from the company. Oh yeah. That yeah, was taking and, over. Yes, yeah, so it was taking over. And basically they were all like meeting in dark hallways and go, but no one can know. Ba, 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 ba. And I was like, I don't even know this is terrible, but I'm just gonna have a glass of wine and, and see how this plays out because it's delicious. Um, what I will miss the most about this show, if it is gone, if, if okay, it is gone. If it is gone, is that I miss these people. I will miss these people. I have gotten to know these characters as characters, and unlike New Amsterdam, it gave them if this is the end, if that last episode was the end, it gave them a dignified ending. It gave them endings that made sense. I didn't, other than the fact that I really always wondered, I really always hoped that Mina would come back. Um, I, I, I don't really have any questions about anyone. Mm. Um, well, I, can I say one thing that we didn't talk about? Yes. On this show, which is very important to me, was they did an arc about postpartum depression this last year, this last season with, um, we talked about the characters who were twins and one who... Leela and Padma. Leela and Padma. And Padma has had twin boys with the raptor, even though they used to be um, romantically involved, were involved, but they're not... um, like that anymore. So it was sperm donorship. Uh, but on purpose, not on purpose, knowingly who it was that they were gonna raise yes. them together. Yes. And um Padma uh has postpartum and almost takes her own life. And um I was never officially diagnosed with postpartum. Um but there were parallels. Um yeah yeah I and thank you for post- talking about that. Thank you. Yeah, I call it post post um, because our father um, died a, a month after my son was born in 2012. And so I call it post post. It was just going through everything. But yeah. I did have feelings of inadequacy and. Some troubling thoughts that went through my head about me and my ability to do this and it, I did not reach the levels of Padma oh you hear that's our alarm uh you don't hear it it, it wasn't it wasn't at the levels of Padma but I really appreciated that storyline and Again, it was I think handled really, 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 it really well, was. and and I know we were kind of wrapping up, but I couldn't let this episode go no. by without talking about the fact that they talked about things that were really hard in in ways that were very respectful. I think and they, of the thing, and they did it with a main character. There are times in. There's people talk oh, yeah. about, you know, we're from the 70s and 80s, so the issue of the week, where that character would have been somebody's sister. She's literally someone's sister, but she became, if not a main character in the main credits, she became a character that you got to know and love over a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So to risk the life of a character that you know and love, who literally has the same face as one of your leads, who is ha- is the mother of the children of another one of your leads, who you've gotten to know... Um, she was like this free-spirited girl who never uh, settled down, who literally lived in a van, and her sister was a doctor. And they they sort of had parallel desires that um her sister did not want kids, and Padma did. And so she was like, You're the one who has this life that you could be settled down and stuff and you don't want kids. And she's like, You want kids, and you're like living in a van. So um, when it happened, you really get to know and love them. So the fact that there were a couple of ham fisted moments in the first couple episodes where she would be literally alone all day and they would, nobody would call her and they would go, Oh, she'll be fine. It was like, nobody's checking on her. Where like, um, her, the father of her children, uh, was at, cause they're doctors. So they're always at work and her sister and her sister's boyfriend always at work and they would go for literally, she'd be sitting there by herself. And it was like, nobody's noticing that she's struggling, like, there's, like, nobody. But I guess that happens, you know? So at first I was like, this is really silly. I'm not the, the the subject is very important. It just seemed like they, like, well, how do we make this so we're telegraphing very clearly that she is struggling and she doesn't have the help. Also, none of those people were active parents. I mean, even though he was a parent, uh, the raptor was, he was not there day, day in, day out hands-on so no one seen what she was doing and the fact that she had always had doubts about everyone had doubted you know could you do this you're the person who's a free spirit living in a van and that i thought very i was hoping that they would not kill her off but there's that it, episode ends with her standing on a bridge and the yeah. only reason and we're twins so i will tell you this meant a lot to me the only thing that got her to come back was that her sister called her her sister and she texted her, her she texted her pictures of the boys she yes. texted her pictures of them as kids because she fought because everyone else was we you used to laugh everyone was like read a book get your nails done just relax you'll be fine uh, my mother was my co-parent for several years when my husband died and he would, he's just one little baby and he would do something and my mother would laugh and go but there were two of you. um. So I can't imagine what that would be like. I mean, my mother at least had help, you know, she was with us a lot, but she had, you know, my dad and they had daycare and they had, you know, people and my grandmother and people who were around. This woman was with by herself with two babies alone, literally right, all because, day long. Right. Because they were, they were single by choice co-parenting, you know, our parents were a married couple with kids. but also shuttling back and forth right they were like 24 yeah something like that which i can't even imagine i was like at 24 i was living on a you know sleeping on a papasan you know watching um empire records dancing around my terrible apartment um at 24 you know eating rice aroni out of a box you know that's (laughs) what i was doing so um the fact that any but that we are still alive or live at all is shocking to me. So thank you, mommy and daddy. Um. Yeah. Anyway, to wrap up this show, this show was a thing, like I said, that we started six years ago making incredible fun of because it was not a very good show. And now it has become a very good show. And if it is indeed is over, I will say it has done the rare trick of a show getting better and not just petering out like new like, Amsterdam. Right. And it was always an enjoyable show. Like we kept coming back. Um, but it was very earnest, and that's a whole thing too, ph- philosophically, right? Is what do you consider good? I guess it was good in that we like liked it, and we kept we kept coming back to it. But it um, wasn't well ri- it wasn't well written, well placed, well, well placed, um, or well plotted, right? <laughs> and and but because it just kept doing what it did, the writing is great. The characters are great because you care about them and they let the characters be the characters. They didn't, you know, we talked about actors leaving shows, right? Where then they, they do horrible things to the characters. Cause they're kind of like, well, they're gone. We can say that they were a stark, maybe lunatic who just would leave people at the top of a hat and you can do whatever. I Like think Dr. That, Helen, like Dr. Helen, like Dr. Helen on New Amsterdam. I feel like, um, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of people, of the actors and whatever produces one, uh, The Resident, but I feel like they've done a great job of letting the characters be the characters and do things that make sense. And they honor the characters and they honor the viewers because we're the ones <laughs> keeping this thing up. So um, uh, our question that we usually ask our guests, but we're our own guests this week is, the resident, cheesy, I say in some ways, yes, it was yes, Leslie. At least it when is it started. Che- yeah, it's super cheesy. Super, super cheesy, and I don't care. I love it. Don't and care. It has become and it has become not cheesy. Like I said, if this is truly the end of the show, I got hats off to the people who produced it because it just it just got better and it stayed better and it stayed consistently better and it trusted its characters, like Lynn said, to become who they were gonna be and it didn't just um even in with Nick dying, for instance, it said they said we understand this is gonna happen, so we have a plan for this and it just made sense. So I hats off uh staff and cast and producers and crew of the resident, uh you done good. You done good. So um this was fun. I'm glad that we did this episode um we hope and the the resident has um major fans and we hope that you um like us but we'd love to have conversations we're on um twitter at yeah at beats Beats cheeses cheeses um so please we're gonna post this we're gonna tag everything please have conversations tell us if we did you know stuff wrong but um oh they will oh they will but we we've enjoyed this um so, uh, we, will we will have an adult next time. We'll have an adult guest uh, <laughs> yes, who we're will we're keep we're... us from from breaking into sticks lyrics uh, and the uh, no very <laughs> well. <laughs> it takes a nation of millions to stop us from quoting eighty songs. The Boom. gig is up. They finally okay. found me. Yes. The gig is up is a great way to end this. Thank you all, and Leslie, say your line. Stay <laughs> <laughs> cheesy. Bye.